Holy Spirit. Wow. He is here. He is here. Can you just give him just some praise right now? Just lift up your voice right now. Lift up your heart. Can we just praise him? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. All right, we're going to release the kids. We're going to go with their fearless leader. Can you give it up for our change kids, our future leaders of tomorrow? We love you guys so much. Amen. Tell you what, man, sometimes I can just get lost in his presence. I felt like this morning, man, I, I feel guilty because I felt like everybody in the room disappeared. <laughs> just me and Jesus, me and Holy Spirit. He's so good. He's so good. Can I tell you today, uh, my prayer for today and just what I feel that the Spirit is going to do in this room is he's going to manifest his glory in your life. He's going to manifest his glory in your life. There's a, a difference between God being omniscient, omnipresent, and there's a, there's a difference between that and the manifest glory of God. Moses understood this, this separation because everywhere that they went when they were in their long road trip through the wilderness for 40 years, how many have ever been on a 40-year road trip, you know? You thought that trip to Kansas was long, 17 hours. 40 years there in the, the wilderness, wandering around. And Moses understood something, and his prayer was continually, God, show me your glory. Now, you have to understand that Moses wouldn't pray that if he was praying for just the presence of God, because God is everywhere. The Bible says that, uh, lo, I am with you. Jesus said, I'm everywhere, omnipresent. But there's something that happens that takes place in the atmosphere when the tangible glory falls. In the Greek, it's called the kavod. It's the weight, the weight of his glory. And this is what I believe today. Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning, actually. And all week long, I've just been feeling this, like, heaviness about today and just, uh, just a good weight of his presence just as I've been just saturated in him and just going after his presence in the mornings and uh, just all day long just being caught up in him, I've just felt the Spirit saying, I want to manifest my glory. I want to manifest my glory. Now, here's the thing. Um, I just want to set the, the ground for today. We're going to get into the word. We're in this series. We're closing up the series made for this. And you see, we got these amazing t-shirts. Y'all get your t-shirts today? Yeah, you're going to represent because you were made for this. Um, but today I just want to set the stage because Moses, everywhere they went, um, and you see all throughout the Bible, you see David, you see Daniel, you see these mighty men of God who would consecrate themselves, who would get before God, consecrate a moment and say, Lord, you are king of this moment. And before we even get into the word today, that that's what we did in worship is we said, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And then we said, oh, what a savior. Bow down before him. What is that doing? It's posturing ourselves in a posture of surrender. It's getting us in a position to say, I am not the Lord of this moment. You are king. Jesus, Holy Spirit, you are Lord of this moment. And so that's what we do today is from the groundwork. We said, Holy Spirit, come and manifest your presence now. The Holy Spirit was the gift of Jesus. How many know Jesus gives good gifts? 
Come on, if you felt Holy Spirit's presence, if you felt his power in your life, you know he gives good gifts. It was the greatest gift he gave the church. He said, I'm not going to send you out just to figure this thing out on your own. I'm going to give you Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit's going to work. He's going to speak to you the words of Jesus. Because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Everything he gets from the Father, he gives to the Holy Spirit to give to us. That's why it's so important that as a church, we as a body, but you as an individual, we stand before him and we bow down to his way. And today I know that's what he's going to do in this place. He's going to manifest his glory in your life. You're going to feel his, his power. You're going to feel the power because that's, that's what we're all about here at Change. We're not about just gathering for a good message or gathering for a good worship experience or have a good kids program. Those are all cherries on top. What we gather for is the manifest presence of God. How many know the manifest presence of God on your life will change everywhere you go? It'll change your workplace. It'll change your family. It'll change home, business, structure. Everything that's going on will be changed dramatically when the presence of God is present on your life. And that's what we need. Amen? Are you with me? Thank you. Kirby's awake. She came to church. I want to set the stage today. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. If you turn with me in your Bibles, welcome to all of those who are online today. Thanks for joining us. So excited to have our, our change fam online. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. This is Jesus, and he is walking beside the Sea of Galilee. And he sees he's calling his disciples. So this is when he's calling the crew. He's calling the crew. And we can take these words as he's calling to us um, because we are his disciples. We are his, the word disciple literally means learner, follower, learner. Um, And so if you are, if you've come into this church, if you just got saved or you've been saved for years, if you're a learner and you're coming to Jesus to learn to know, then you're a disciple. And Jesus calls you to a higher life. And that's what the series is all about, is, is knowing that we are made for this. Uh, and so Jesus is calling his disciples to this lifestyle that is outside of what they've known, okay? Now, I'm not sure, and the Bible doesn't give much uh, context to where these guys were before Jesus came into their lives. We know Peter just a little bit with Andrew, his brother. When Andrew was with Jesus, Jesus just transformed his life, and Andrew ran back to Peter and said, you got to meet Jesus. you got to meet him. He changed everything. So I'm not sure if the context is they were Christians before. You know, I'll study more into that to find that out. But we know this is that Jesus called them out of a lifestyle of fishing, a lifestyle of what they knew, a lifestyle of what they were doing into a new mindset and lifestyle. And so here we pick up on it in verse 19. He says, come. Everybody say, come. Jesus is calling you to move, to move. We talked about this last week, but God's calling on your life is always motion. He's always calling you to move. The beautiful thing is that when he says, come, he says, come unto me. He says, come, follow me. Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, the men were on the bank, right, on the Sea of Galilee. They were fishing. They were doing their thing. They knew to do, catching fish, right, for food, for, for business, for profit. And Jesus was calling them of a lifestyle of fishing 
for men. Now, two things I want to point out here just to set the context of today. Number one, Jesus always calls us to come, to move out of where we are into his environment. When Jesus calls you, when Holy Spirit prompts you, and you move in the calling of God on your life, when God calls you to move, he always calls you out of your environment into his. Are you with me? He always calls you out of an environment that maybe you're comfortable in, but you should be more comfortable in his environment. So he always calls you to the place where you should be at home in. So he calls the disciples. He says, come, come to this place. You know, God is calling you. Jesus is calling us as the church. Today, it's more prominent than ever. I mean, if you look outside, you look at the media, you look at what's going on in our world, it is very obvious we're living in the last days. And I don't think I've ever read Revelation like I've read it today. Have you read Revelation lately? <laughs> it's wrecked me. I'm like, what the jazz is going on? I remember fa- back in March when it, everything hit the fan. We had just had child dedication in the Punchline Comedy Club. And then the next week, Friday, we get the word, we're not going to be able to meet in Punchline. And they said it's going to be two weeks. And then we'll be back in. You remember that? <laughs> what a joke. We're like, this is a comedy, we're a church in a comedy club. We got jokes. They got jokes. We all got jokes. In fact, when we were first launched in the church, people thought we were telling jokes about church in a comedy club. We rolled with it. We said, hey, whatever gets them in, come on in. Come on in. That's Jesus' call. Come listen to jokes about church. But I remember that when it all t- went down and hit the fan, man. And then in April, we were still there. And then May came. And we were still there. And then June came, and we were still there. And I remember reading Revelation and seeing a picture of what was being painted on the pages. And I'm like, wow, no, I don't think we've ever been so close to the coming of Christ. I don't think we've ever been so close to his coming back for his church. And so knowing that, knowing the times, the disciples asked them, Jesus, when will you come back for your church? The Pharisees asked, the Sadducees asked, when are you coming back? When, or they didn't ask him when they're coming back because they didn't believe he was the Messiah. But they said, when is all this taking place? When is the kingdom of God coming? The disciples would ask, when are you coming back? And he said, that's not for you to know. You will just know the times and seasons. You will see it. You will be aware. And that's what we have to understand is that we are in a time it's the 11th hour. I mean, it's the final moments. And that's for, therefore, God is calling his church. He's calling you. He's calling me to an urgency. He says, come. It's motion. It's moving out of our comfort zone, out of our environment. Maybe you've been fishing and you know to fish. That's what you know to do. So you constantly do that every day. And he's calling you to have a new mind shift. Now, did did the, the disciples have to drop fishing altogether? The answer is no. No, we see them fishing later on in the Bible. They didn't drop fishing. Their mindset changed. And I think sometimes we do take it out of context of where it's like, oh, God is calling me to ministry. God's calling me to you know, serve him. So I have to drop everything and just do that thing. I can't tell you how many people asked me when I came to plant the church and we had the creative firm and we're doing video work and networking all throughout the city. And they're like, when are you going full-time? When are you going to go full-time ministry? I mean, I are like, I don't understand. Uh, we are full-time. We're full-time ministry. We're full-time marketplace. 
That's where God called us to be. Right in the middle of the marketplace. How many know you've been called to the marketplace? I hope you know that. Can I make you aware today? You were called to the marketplace. This is an environment where we come into church, and man, this is the the easiest place to serve Jesus, isn't it? Easiest place to say amen. God is good. God will work. Pray for healing. This is the easiest space to do it. But God didn't call you. He didn't say, come and go to church. He said, come follow me. Follow me. It's, it's motion. It's coming into a relationship with Jesus to be in an environment where Jesus is and to move like him. That's the second part. Follow me. He says, come. Number one, come into my environment. Number two, follow me. What is this state? When he says, follow me, I read this and I, I kind of looked at it through a different lens because the disciples, they couldn't just say, okay, Jesus, we will serve you. You said, come, we will come. We will go to this local church that's right here and we will, we will do our thing here. No, he said, come follow me. There was something that had to take place for the disciples to move into their calling. And can I call us as a church that there's gotta be something that goes down in your life that changes the way that you move, the way that you talk, the way that you look for opportunities. He said, come and I will make you fishers of men to be obsessed that everything is about following his lead. Holy Spirit wants to lead you in the path of your calling and purpose. Do you believe it? You got to believe it. I can say it all I want. I can preach it to this church. I can, I can release it. But man, if you don't believe it, it'll never come to fruition. Your calling and purpose will stay on the shelf. In fact, uh, I think it was Heather that said this incredible statement. She said, where does all of the, um, the most, oh shoot, what was the word you used? All of the um, potential. Where does the most potential live in the grave site? Why? Because so many people don't live out their potential. They leave it. They leave it on the shelf to do someday. Well, someday I'll get to it. And let me tell you, if the disciples would have said, hold on, Jesus, we got stuff to do. In fact, you see this through the word. If you read the gospels, you'll see times when Jesus called and someone said, hold on, I need to wait. I got the season. The season's a little busy. Wait, uh, me and my wife are Wait, I just had a death take place. I mean, all the things that Jesus lines out for us just to see in the word of God. He said, no, 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 let the dead bury their own dead. No, 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 let that take care of itself. I've called you for such a time as this. I've called you for this moment. Can everybody say, this moment is my moment. You gotta get that in your spirit. Say, this moment right now is my moment. He said, come follow me, follow me. The beautiful thing is that Holy Spirit leads and guides. Jesus said to his disciples when he's about to leave, and this is so crucial for you to understand as a Christ follower, is that you don't do this thing alone. He told his disciples, I'm going to my father, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm sending you a gift, and that Holy Spirit will lead and guide you. It'll be the one to prompt you with what to say. In fact, he told his disciples many times, don't worry about what you're going to say. Don't worry about what you're going to do. Just step out boldly. Come on, you got to take that step. Got to take that step. I believe that this week will be a week that some of you take your first step of faith. You take your first leap, and it's going to feel weird. 
It's going to feel awkward. It's going to feel like, <sighs> I remember we went skiing, and we took some of you for the first time. We took uh, Kirby, Sean, Doc. Yeah, we had a bunch. Robin, all out there for the first time. And the first time you step on those skis and you, it's awkward. I mean, it's like, whoa, you know? You get the little, whoa, are you going to fall over? And sometimes uh, we step out in faith to move in God because he says, come, follow us. And, you know, maybe you've been inspired in the past. and You're like, all right, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to make a move. I'm going to make a change. You know, I'm going to do something for God. And then you step out and it's that wobbly and you fall on your rear and you're like, God, what was that? That was awkward. I'm never doing that again. I, I am not made for this. That's someone else's calling. That's good for Pastor Lige. That's fine. He can do that. Maybe someone else who's an evangelist or someone who's called for that, but not me. That was awkward. Lord, did you see that? I fell on my rear. I've tried to pray and nothing happened. I have reached out to somebody and they said no. I mean, goodness, it was, it was terrible. How many have ever experienced that? I've experienced it many times. I'll step out boldly because I got my Holy Spirit in me, the fire in my belly, and all of a sudden I'll be rejected. Like, what the jazz? What was that all about? But Jesus said, come follow me. He didn't, he didn't promise that the path would be easy. He promised that the path would be fulfilling. He didn't promise that this, this road would be something that is, is, is so just whatever, flipping. No, no, no. He said, Paul said, he said, we, we, we praise the Lord and bless the Lord in our struggle. I thank the Lord that he has called me worthy of persecution. I mean, this wasn't a life of just dreaminess. It wasn't a life of, hey, get comfortable in a church, you know? Just make sure that you have all your preferences met by this church. Now, that's not what he said. He said, come follow me. Get your hands dirty. Come, follow me. There are those that need me, and you are the one to deliver them. You are the one. We were made for this. We were made for this. My uncles growing up were fishermen, and they were, I mean, they were the roughest, toughest dudes I knew growing up. I mean, they were just in the dirt, you know, hunting, fishing, didn't, you know, they're just rough and tough, and they had guns and bows and all this stuff. And so they taught us everything we know about hunting and everything we know about fishing, all of us kids growing up. And they would go to the craziest places to go fishing. We would get up early in the morning, you know, we'd get all of our, our tackle and everything in place. We'd get all of our hooks and our lures, and, and we went trout fishing one time. And how many of you have ever heard of power bait? You ever heard of that? It stinks, let me just say. As a kid, I hated it. I mean, they, they made me touch it, you know? And I was always the kid that's like, oh, I don't want my hands dirty. But they're like, no, you got to touch it. You got to roll it up. You know, feel it. You be a man. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but we would go fishing, and they would, we would get in the boat, and we'd go to the the, the most crazy secluded places because that's where the fish would be, right? Or there would be a hole there or something that the big bass would be in. And so we'd sit there and we'd, we'd fish and we'd go, we'd go, we'd, we'd use these lures for specific fish. And I think about that with Jesus is that he always calls us on a journey, but he always shows us what to do on the way. It, it wasn't like this class that we went to to learn how to fish. We, I learned by watching my uncle put the string through the lure and tie it. And he said, hey, do this. And the first couple times I messed up. First couple times I twisted it too many times. He said, no, 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 uh, release that. Uh, try it again. Do it three times. Oh, okay, okay. Three times, yep. There you go. Good, good, good. Now put it through the hoop. All right, cool. Now there's your knot. 
Now, was my not beautiful the first time? Absolutely not. But what happened is every time I watched my uncle, I got better. Every time I was with him and experienced what he did, I got better. And can I promise you something? Is that when you step out in faith, in this church, man, we're, we're getting activated. We're getting acclimated with the things of God. We are becoming a church that is all about seeing God move, becoming the move of God. I'm so excited about starting our new season of groups, because I know that in, in those circles, in those spaces, uh, we talked in our group just about the, the amazing things that take place in your spirit when you're with those who are hungry and those that are going and driving in the things of God. And that's why I believe that God calls us to a community of motion. And I want to encourage everybody in this room, that if you don't have someone that can speak life into you, that can speak uh, drive into you to say, hey, how are you doing with moving in God. When's the last time you stepped out in faith? When's the last time you gave sacrificially? I mean, not just give. We all tithe. Tithing is selfish. That's for you. Sacrificially giving that above and beyond that generosity, that's for others. That's the lifestyle of of Jesus. That's what Jesus calls us to. He says, come, follow me. But let me encourage you, get in an environment where you are with people. You are watching them and seeing, okay, that's how I tie the knot. Okay, that's how I reach out to somebody. Okay, that's how I pray with somebody. That's how I dive into God's word and manifest it in my life. Not just read it, but let it become a part of me. And if you don't have that person yet, hey, find somebody. Find somebody in this church. There's some incredible Bible-believing, walking-in-their-faith people in this room. Let me tell you. There's incredible uh, God, God movers in this space. You got to get with them because the deal is we're in this walk knowing that Holy Spirit is moving in you. And maybe, maybe you don't have anybody. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit's enough. He's enough. But you have to create margin for listening to him. You have to create margin for listening to him. I encourage you, if you miss that message, uh, go back. Uh, the master's in the margin. Because I think it's so crucial, us as Christ followers, that we know his voice. We know his voice. That we can walk in the ways and know, know that he is leading and speaking. And the beautiful thing is that Holy Spirit always leads us to the prime opportunities for him to move. The calling of God is not always, how should I say this? It's not always in the best timing according to us. It's not always convenient. That's the good word. The calling of God always sounds good until the Holy Spirit prompts you and it's in the middle of something else you got going on. How many have ever had an agenda going on when Holy Spirit prompts you to do something? And you're like, really? Now? Have you seen my to-do list? Have you seen what I got to do in the next 30 minutes in order to accomplish? Well, Holy Spirit's leading. I think of it like this, like, you know when you, um, you first walk into a dark room and you've been in a light situation, like sun is bright, or maybe I'm up here in the stage, so it's like these lights are blinding. So when I come into the darkness, it takes a while for my eyes to adapt to the darkness. It takes my eyes a, a little bit to adapt to that space. 
But the more I'm in that environment, the more I can see clearly what's going on. And that's the deal with the Holy Spirit is your life, your lifestyle can't be just uh, five minutes here, five minutes there. You just grab on to his presence just for a little bit and you move on, you go with your day. And it's like 99% of your life is spent on you with like that 1% is spent on the Holy Spirit. You got to flip the tide and get into the presence and, and get your eyes acclimated with the environment. Because when you get in that space and all of a sudden all day long, you're aware. All day long, you're looking to him saying, Holy Spirit, oh, I feel your presence here. Holy Spirit, oh, I know you're with me. Holy Spirit, I know you're prompting me right now. You're prompting me in this space. And then you start to move in the things of God. It's like a dance. The environment where Jesus is, he says, come, follow me. It's an always moving. The disciples had to get behind him and follow his every step. And that journey, you read through the Gospels, the, the disciples were always moving. In fact, uh, check out John chapter, chapter 10. This is a good picture. John chapter 10, verse 27. Are you there? John chapter 10, verse 27. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Everybody say, follow me. Y'all are good. 28 says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My sheep. The other day I was studying and I just, I was reading this scripture and just, I just started like bleeding like a sheep, like just to see if like what my family would do with it. All of a sudden, Ane comes running on the steps. She's the first one, always. You know, if she hears something weird, she's like, I gotta know what it is. Because <laughs> Ane's like into life. She just loves life. She's like, Dad, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just practicing. Practicing what? You're being a sheep. I said, exactly. Look, John says, my sheep listen to my voice. I need to practice being a sheep. Bah! And what does she do? She started bleeding too. She's a bah, bah. Now we're both bah, bah. We, some of you, you need to do that today. You need to practice being a sheep. Go ahead, try it. Bah, bah. Come on, let's make the neighborhood think, what is going on in that church right now? Come on, let's, everybody together, let's bleat like a sheep. Bah, bah. <laughs> Very good. You guys are good. Yeah, I heard that, Sean. That was good. You at home? I know you're doing it by yourself. You're like, I, w- I wonder if I can do it. Bah, bah. You got it. You got to practice being a sheep. What do sheep do? They follow. They listen for their master's voice and they follow. That's all they do. Bah, eat, bah, eat, bah, eat, bah. Master says, go. Mm, bah, mm. You follow the master. Why? Because you're a sheep. It's what you do. You're a sheep. Some of you have forgotten you're a sheep. Sometimes I, I forget I'm a sheep. I forget what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And sometimes I can get so caught up in my agenda. Like I know the call of God on my life more than he knows. I know the agenda for my walk with God more than Holy Spirit knows. And so I forget. I forget. Bah! No. I just go on with my life. 
But sometimes you need to practice being a sheep, just being still and quiet and listen, tune in, plug in to what he's leading you to do. I remember uh, just getting a call. Um, it was a while ago, but uh, Sean called me, and he's like, bro. Just, he was on a high. He's like, bro, I just left the grocery store, and I paid for someone's groceries. You remember this, Sean? And he's like, I paid for someone's groceries. It was awesome. And I got to pray with that person, whatever, and it was like, it was a powerful encounter. But I think, Sean, if you would have forgotten you're a sheep, would you even think that way? No. Why? <laughs> because life's about us. That's what we're taught, right? Life's about us getting our thing done. And Jesus says, hey, you, I know, I see you. You're all about yourself. You're all about your agenda. You're all about what's going on in your life. Stop, come, follow me. And I'll change your mindset. I'll change your environment. I'll change the way you look at life. Because right now, you're fishing for something that's going to bring you something. They were fishing for fish that were going to give them money. Fishing for fish that were going to give them a career. Building something for them. He said, I'm going to change your mindset. You're going to fish for something that gives me glory. I'm going to have you fish for things that are on my heart, on my agenda, on my mind. Do you know that when we get to heaven someday, nothing that we've built on earth is going to matter? Absolutely nothing. That's hard. That's hard to conjure. It's hard to to have his truth, I get it. Because we're intoxicated in this world with building, grinding, going, doing. I mean, it's just crazy how much we're trained as a society that you should be on your grind 24-7. And if you're not, you're weak. If you're resting, you're weak sauce. Like, you need to get on the side, get out of the way, because America, we go. It's like, what? Jesus said, no, no, my sheep listen to my voice. They follow everywhere I lead. I know them, and they know my voice. And I want to encourage you today to set an agenda. Set an agenda with your main priority being, I have to know his voice. I must know him. I must know Holy Spirit and what it feels like when he prompts me. Maybe you haven't been prompted in a while. I mean, maybe it's been a long time since you've felt the prompting of the Spirit say, I want you to minister to that person. Or I want you to pay for that someone's whatever's groceries. Or I want you to give that person some money on the street. I mean, whatever it is. And we can be so calloused and so, no, you don't do that. No, that's weird. And you shouldn't because who knows what they'll think. And they might be in a different religion or you might offend or whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Stuff that environment says. Stuff that culture says. Stuff that is on Instagram. Whatever. And it might, it might taint the way that you hear Holy Spirit. Because the disciples, they turned the world upside down. In fact, the, the, the local authorities actually came against and tried to put them in prison to shut it down. Because it wrecked their, what they had going on so well. It came in and, and changed things. Why? The power of God was on them. But this whole thing, the power of God moving in your life, the fire of God transforming, and and what he said, the signs will follow, right? Healing, casting out demons. Yet, Yet some of us, we aren't even listening, so we don't even know what he sounds like. So today, practice being a sheep. Get back to the bad. 
be a sheep. Get before him and know his voice. Because he's calling a church. Can I tell you this? He is calling a church. Every time I'm with him, I hear his calling and his prompting. He is calling a church that is purified, that is spotless, and that knows him. Not a church that knows each other. Not that we just come in here and we're just, oh, change is awesome. We got this amazing community because we do. Hello, it's a cherry on top. But the main agenda is that we know Holy Spirit. Is that we know his voice so that we are moving. We know we are made for this. He said, come follow me. And we watch and see how Holy Spirit moves. And we listen in. Everywhere we go, we remember to wait and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in this environment? What do you want to do in me? What do you want to do through me? You want to, you want to drastically change your prayer life? Start doing something that's out of your comfort zone. Start stepping out in faith. Some of you are like, I don't pray enough. I promise you, you start stepping out in faith, <laughs> you're going to pray a lot. Start doing something because you were made for this. You weren't made to sit on the sidelines. And I, my heart for this church, my heart for us as a community, as us, us as a family, as we, as we dive into this calling and say, God, we are made for this. We are made for this. In fact, God is calling us as a church specifically to this area. I can't tell you how specifically he has brought this place where we are right now. I mean, who knew we were going to be on Gerard and Broad and Watt Street, random. A lot of the neighborhood don't even know where Watt Street is. You know? We're like, we're right on Watt Street. They're like, where is that? Like, just go until you hit broad, you know? God called us specifically for here. Why? We were made for this. You were made for this. And this is going to take all of us. It's going to take every single one of us stepping out and saying, how can I be used? How can I be the hands and feet of Christ How can I give my resource? How can I give my time? How can I give my talent? This church is full of incredibly talented people. I was just talking to um, Cliff the other day, actually. And he was saying, it's incredible how God called the right people around the table for this church. I mean, it's insane. When you look around and see the talents and abilities that are in this room, God specifically said, come follow me. And you hear the stories. I mean, I wish you, I wish you would like invest in, in some relationships here and find out the stories of how people came to this space. It's incredible how God literally wrecked what they were doing and brought them into a new space of hearing and coming to this environment. Why? We were made for this. But someday we will, we will have to give an account of everything we did with the word. If the disciples had said, no, Jesus, hold on, wait, I got to do something, whatever. They would have to give an account for that because that's what the Bible says. He says, actually in Romans uh, chapter 14, is this helpful today? I want to make sure I'm, I'm helping you out. Romans chapter 14, verse eight. We're going to close with this. Verse 8 says, If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. 
So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this reason, Christ died, we belong to the Lord. For this reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Check it out. And he says in verse 10, you then, (laughs) why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess to God so that each of us will give an account of himself to God. That is the moment I am obsessed with. The moment I stand before my father, the moment we all have to line up and stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for what we did here on earth. I'm telling you, if you're not obsessed with it now, you will be on that day. I promise you, my friend. If you aren't obsessed with his calling, you aren't obsessed with his purpose, if you don't know him as Lord, I promise you, you will that day. The Bible says that you can either choose him now or you will choose him then, but you will choose him. That's a hard message, isn't it? Especially today. Everybody's accepted. Everybody can find their way to God. No, wrong. Jesus is the only way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is the truth. And if we get away from that, then we, then we realize, oh, it can be all about you. It can be all about whatever. No, no, no. You were made for that moment that you stand before your Father one day. And he says, good and faithful servant, well done. Good and faithful servant, good job. Look what you did with the calling on your life. You were fishing for fish, then you started to fish for men, because I called you for this. It's the great commission that was stamped on our lives. It's like this stamp, made for this. We were called to go and preach the good news, to go and preach the word of God, to let his kingdom invade the earth. The disciple says, how do we pray? He says this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, not just in heaven, Not just we pray to God and then someday we'll get up there and see the heavenlies. No, he promised he would pour out his spirit here, now, on earth, in your life, in your family, in your kids. He promised it. And therefore, we have to be a church that is urgently pursuing the presence of God, getting his voice, the number one voice, getting his heart in our heart so that we become like him. We come, we follow him, we know him, we walk with him. And we see his kingdom come down to earth. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that in your life? I want that. I'm I'm urgent. And this is why we live. This is why we breathe, y'all. Change church, can I encourage you to get before him. Let him speak life into your dead bones. Maybe some of you are so tired with this season. You're like, oh, I can't imagine putting another thing on my plate. I'm so weary. This season is crazy. They're wearing me down with all this COVID and, and craziness. I understand. But can I tell you that Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, all who are burdened, and I will make you light. Why? Not because his path is light, because his presence makes us light. He doesn't promise us no storms. He doesn't promise us a perfect life with no, no things wrong. No, no, no. There will be trials. There will be tribulation. The difference maker is the spirit that's in you. Jesus was in the boat with the storm. 
The Son of God was in the midst of the storm. You think you're not going to have storms? Wrong. We're all going to face things. But the difference maker is the spirit that lives in us. Paul said, Christ lives in me. Therefore, who can be against me? Who can stand against me? Hallelujah. His name is higher. But we have to live with the, the calling. And this is, he said, go and make, all dis- make uh, disciples of all nations. Preach the good news. And this, these will follow those who believe. They will heal the sick, cast out demons, right? Those are things that are promised to us. Here's what I want to do today. Because I believe the Spirit of God wants to move in your heart. He wants to move in your life. I know that the tangible presence of God is already here, man. I felt it in worship. But if you want to experience an encounter with God today, because I know that all of this is all of this is good. You may have even heard this message before. You've heard, okay, I'm supposed to be the church. I'm supposed to reach out. And maybe it's something that is hard for you to get over. Maybe it's a fear of rejection. Maybe if it's, it's a fear of not knowing. Maybe you feel unknowledgeable or in, inadequate in this calling. Maybe it's uh, just lacking the resource of just having that community around you. Today, I'm going to encourage you, just plug in especially in our groups that are coming up, plug into a group of those that are pursuing the presence of God, pursuing his, his call in their life. But today I know that what can transform you is the Spirit of God. Because Jesus said, the Spirit anointed me, pointed me. Did you know that when they anointed, the anointing oil over the head, when you read through the scriptures of how they anointed kings, it came from the shepherds anointing their sheep. And they would pour the oil over their sheep's head, the goat's head, and the oil would run down their fur and make it slippery so that no bugs or anything could get in their ears and mess them up because that's what would happen, right? So the anointing oil was for two things. Number one, it was to empower, to show, show that this was set apart for something greater. But number two, it was for protection. The anointing oil would protect. And they would always cover the kings to go into their position to say, this is God's chosen person. And I believe that today God wants to pour his anointing oil on your life because you were made for this. But he doesn't call you to do it alone. He wants to empower you. He wants to equip you. He wants to give you life inside of you that you release his kingdom. What I want to do, if we can just sing, Sean, we're going to worship. Sean's going to come and lead us. I want us just to make this altar a time just to encounter Holy Spirit. If you want, to, if you want his manifest presence in your life, he's going, to, he's going to move today for all who are willing, all who are ready, all who are in position and posture to surrender to him. So that's you. I want you to make your way down. Come on, come down to this altar. This altar is just a place to be saturated in his presence because I know that this will be the only thing that shakes off all fear, shakes off all chains of, of doubt, all chains of shame. Maybe you have shame for past sin. And you're like, there's no way God could use me. Hey, today, the Spirit of God is in this place and He wants to empower you and He wants to release you. He wants to loose you. He wants the anointing to flow over you so that you're set apart, you're called to a greater calling and you're protected for this calling. Come on, let's worship together. Can you just reach out? Just surrender to Him right now. Come on, the Spirit of God is moving all throughout this place. 
we become aware. We become aware right now. Your spirit is moving. Your spirit is moving. 